Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. In many ways, we need to have this conversation because there's a lot of misinformation out in them streets. Senior Policy Advisor for COVID-19 Equity for the White House. Let me welcome back and he's part of the COVID-19 response team, Dr. Cameron Webb. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. Likewise. Couple of things. Couple of three things. First of all, the reports of Pfizer and Moderna only lasting about six months. And then today, Pfizer saying you might need a booster, a third shot in a year. Make that make sense for somebody who says, well, I'll just wait a year and then get get a shot then. Why? I'll just put on a mask and social distance and wait and see what happens. What do you say to that? Well, the risk is, first off, I would say the risk of COVID is coming at you every day, right? And it's been coming at you every day for the last 14 months. Uh, the reality now is that the more people get vaccinated, the fewer places this virus has to go. And so you, you become a prime target if you're one of the people who hasn't been vaccinated. Okay, so so, things- so back up, back up, back up, because I think that this this is important. Me getting vaccinated, I, I read, that doesn't mean you can't get COVID. doesn't mean you can't spread COVID. So explain yeah. to me why being vaccinated gives the host virus less of a chance if you can still catch and spread it with a vaccine, 5% yeah. or 6% it or 4%. Really important distinction. So we don't have proof that the uh, vaccine itself prevents the spread completely. But we have a lot of things that suggest that it does. We saw that in kids, when they did the Pfizer study between ages 12 to 15, they actually did look specifically at, does it even prevent asymptomatic infection? And in those people, in 12 to 15 year olds, they did not even get asymptomatic infection. That wasn't an endpoint that we looked at in the adult study. So that's why we weren't able to say conclusively. It's not to suggest that the vaccine uh, makes it so that you still do get an asymptomatic infection. It's just that we couldn't say definitively that it prevents that altogether. So that's, that's the difference there. And I think that it's important to note, you know, I've heard that study referenced many times about how long the Pfizer-Moderna vaccines last, that's six months. And it's been misrepresented time and time again. It's at least six months. It's not that, you know, six months pass, you know, at, at exactly 180 days, boom, there goes your immunity, you're back at square one. That is not what happens. It's that they, they didn't update. They looked at the folks who vaccinated six months ago did you still have antibodies? The answer was yes. And so they sent out a study wow. saying, and even at six months, you still have antibodies. You may see an update three months from now that says, and even at nine months, you still have antibodies. Got it. So that's the thing. It's not that, it's not that there's no more antibodies after six months. So another important point, since people like to talk about timelines and how long things last, I like to point out how long COVID symptoms last. We know that at least nine months after even a mild infection, almost 25% of people who had a mild COVID infection still have symptoms. Almost a quarter of people who just had a mild infection still having symptoms. You know, the time it takes to grow a whole human baby, <laughs> that, that much time passes, you're still having symptoms. Again, this vaccine, if you look at it on balance, its safety, its efficacy, its impact on preventing uh, you know, severe disease, preventing hospitalizations, preventing deaths, saving lives, keeping families together, keeping communities moving. Oh, come on, there's no comparison. The balance is this vaccine is important for our communities. Sounds to me that they need Dr. Cameron Webb out there instead of the folk that they have out there talking because they 
it's too much, too many people not being able to clearly uh, talk about this. Now, let's just be clear. Dr. Cameron Webb, you have been vaccinated because I remember when you came oh, on yeah. before, you and your family, and you were like everybody. Uh, J&J put on pause for a minute uh, because of blood clots in six people out of seven million, nearly 6.8 million uh, people who have been vaccinated with the J&J. Which one did you get? I re- thought it was Moderna, if I'm not mistaken. I got, I got Pfizer. Pfizer. And, and at the time, you know, mid-December when I was vaccinated, the very first day I was able to get vaccinated, um, that's that Pfizer was the one that was available. Moderna hadn't even been approved yet, you know, for, for use. And so, um, so I took what was available to me. Um, my parents who got vaccinated about two months after I did um, on my strong recommendation, um, I'm their doctor child. And I said, please get vaccinated. You know, for my parents, they, they got the Moderna vaccine. They took what was available to them. Uh, I have five siblings. And my siblings at this point, almost all vaccinated, everybody's intending on it, but some of my siblings have gotten Pfizer, some have gotten Moderna, some have gotten Johnson & Johnson. Now I'll tell you this, I love my family deeply and I feel like every member of my family got a vaccine that will save their lives should they get COVID and it'll prevent them from getting sick, uh, getting hospitalized. And so I feel like they all got a safe and effective vaccine, all three of those that were on the market. And so, uh, so that's kind of my take on it, just using my family as an example. Now, the variants that are uh, increasing, I saw a, a study that 90 to 95% hospitalization in Michigan, I want to say, that state is is overrun right now in a few other states. Um, the more of us get vaccinated, the less the opportunity for the virus, even the variants to, to catch. And then, like, so what, what are your thoughts on that, yeah. on these variants? Karen, I have to say, you know, in the time between when I was on here last and today, I'm, I'm starting to think that I'm going to call you Dr. Karen Hunter. You know too much. You, you have clearly been in this deep in the weeds. So, so yes, the variants are increasing. We know that, that you know, uh, there are lots of different variants. They have weird names and numbers. So B117 was formerly called the UK variant, but the technical name is B117. That has emerged as the dominant variant here in the United States. And what's interesting about it is it spreads quicker, spreads faster, it's more effective at infecting people than the wild type or the original uh, you know, SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19. And so because of that, when it gets a foothold in a community like you're seeing in Michigan, like you're seeing in parts of Florida, like we're seeing all over the country, when it gets a foothold, it spreads faster than that original version of COVID that did so much damage to New York City like last year, so much damage to California, so much damage around the country. So that's why this moment is so important. Now, in terms of those variants, what we know is we've tested the efficacy or how well that vaccine works against B117, now the dominant strain. And we know the vaccine still works. So it's important for us to get folks vaccinated. What people need to know about variants is they don't come out of thin air. Every time a virus gets into a human cell, it recreates itself or replicates. And when it's recreating itself, sometimes it makes mistakes. Sometimes it'll copy something wrong. And when it produces that new version that has a mistake, a lot of the time that new version doesn't work at all. It doesn't, it doesn't survive. Sometimes it works a little bit better and that creates a variant. And every time it replicates, there's the chance of there being a mistake and the chance of that mistake making the virus be a little bit better at infecting people and avoiding treatment with therapeutics like the monoclonal antibodies and avoiding uh, protection from the vaccine. To stop that from happening, we need to stop giving the virus chances to replicate. Where does it replicate? Every time it finds a new person who hasn't had COVID yet, 
every time it gets into a new person and starts replicating, it has opportunities to make a new variant and to have new mutated uh, pieces of that variant that can cause a lot of damage. So that's why we keep saying we're in a race against these variants. We're trying to make sure that we are getting folks vaccinated so that the virus ultimately has nowhere to go. And that's why it's so important for folks to get to use this moment to get vaccinated. UVA Medical Center's own Cameron Webb, Dr. Cameron Webb, explain to me again. And, uh, you, you know, how does how does COVID work? So it's airborne. We know that I actually watched a documentary about the cruise ship. They knew back in February it was airborne, even though they didn't tell us that we busy washing bags and all kinds of surfaces. It was airborne in February. So that means if somebody coughs or breathes, like what, what's the delivery system? Is it always spittle? Yeah. Is it So a cough, a sneeze. So these droplets that we're describing, it's kind of respiratory droplets that are, that are the cause. And, and um, that's how it's delivered the most effectively. Now, sometimes that can't get on surfaces. And so that's why we say, make sure you wash your hands. That is a way that the virus can be spread. Um, and we know that it can survive for some period of time, different surfaces, different amounts of time but can survive on surfaces for a while. That's why we were washing down our groceries back, back early on because we were just like, we had that study that showed us that it can last on cardboard for 24 hours, so leave your Amazon package outside. You know, after time, we found still far and away, the most effective way it spreads is through droplets. It can also be aerosolized. And that's an important uh, you know, thing to mention because you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm talking to you right now from the COVID unit at the University of Virginia. I'm sitting on the COVID unit right now. I'm in a call room. So that's why you're like, where is your, you know, N95 mask? So I'm in, I'm in a safe space here. But, but what I'll say is that out there, everybody's wearing their N95 masks because in any of these rooms, if somebody were to have a procedure, if they were to be intubated, have a tube put down, that aerosolizes the virus. And so it, it's different. That makes it smaller and it can spread more effectively. And so um, and, and so that's one of the things that we keep in mind. Wearing masks helps prevent the spread, but it's not just wearing a mask, you know, if you're trying to stay healthy. Somebody else wearing a mask, if they do have COVID, they're less effective at spreading it. And if both of you have masks on, it's really highly effective. So that's why masks remain really an important part of the dynamic here. That's why, because it can get on surfaces and because we have a tendency to touch our eyes and especially if you got allergies this time of year, all those sorts of things, that's why it's so important to wash your hands regularly. And then that physical distance is that respiratory droplets, they don't travel 20 feet. They don't travel 15 feet. If you looked on average, staying about six feet away from somebody tends to keep you out of that general range of how far a respiratory droplet can go. Now, if somebody was really putting their back into it, yes, they could get a <laughs> respiratory droplet to travel a little bit farther than that. But if you're looking on average, it's going to be less than that distance. And so those are the things that went into that public health recommendation, all the, all the things that we're still telling people to do, because at the end of the day, vaccinated or not, those three things still will keep you safe from the, from the virus. And that's yeah. why they remain so important. And then one more thing I I need to say. Yes, please, Cameron. Please, Dr. Cameron. Even if you've been vaccinated, we we love the fact these vaccines, the Pfizer vaccine that I received, 95% efficacy. So if you take, you know, a thousand people who had that 95% efficacy, that means 50 people it didn't work in. And they don't know that because they got vaccinated. They posted it on social media. They're proud. They're happy. They think they are fully protected. But a 95% efficacy means that there's still some subset of people who think they're vaccinated, but they're not fully protected because nothing's perfect. You don't know if you're that person or not, still wear a mask. You want to think that you're in that 95%, but just in case, 
keep yourself safe, keep your community safe, especially while rates of spread remain high. We're still seeing high rates of community spread. So that's a good time to still keep yourself safe just in case. You are to this day, the most uh, effective spokesperson for this administration. Uh, the J&J pause, when is it going to be lifted? And will it be, because yeah. now people don't want the J&J. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's there's been a love hate relationship with J and I guess in the black community that goes back a long time. We we loved us some baby powder. Then we were like, what, what's going on here? Yeah, so, come on. <laughs> so, so I think that what's happening here, you know, that that pause is just evidence of how committed the administration is to keeping people safe. Because as you said, six cases out of seven point two million shots delivered. That's less than one in a million, less than a one in a million chance of this outcome. It's called, you know, it's a cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, which means a blood clot in the area where blood kind of drains from your brain. And what's unique about it is it's not just a blood clot, like a normal blood clot. Usually with those, we give you a blood thinner to break that up. But this is in combination with low platelet levels. So that puts you at a higher risk for a bleed. And so it's a unique combination. And it happens to be a very similar unique combination to what we saw from the AstraZeneca vaccine in the UK. And so when you put it together, we're saying, hey, is this related to this vaccine in some way? You know, I'll tell you, if you look at who this happened to, those six individuals, um, all women between the ages of 18 and 48, all white women. And, and so I think when you look at kind of who was affected, you say, well, that's just a small sample size. You can't draw any conclusions. From that. You can't say, well, men aren't affected. You can't say 50-year-olds right. aren't affected. You can't say, you know, people of color aren't affected. But what you can do is say, well, this can happen we know that we're doing that deep dive into why it happens to these individuals if it's connected to the vaccine and what guidance we can give to providers, what to look out for, how to manage it, so on and so forth. So when that'll be lifted, you know, that advisory committee on immunization practices, they did uh, take some time to dig into that yesterday and they came back with, hey, we need a little bit more time to tell you exactly how long. But I think that you know when people talk about it shaking confidence, I think that I think that um, and, and I'm biased, of course. We, we got to go. Of we got we have to oh. we're gonna get we got to get cut. Cameron, thank we'll you, Dr. Cut. Cameron. We'll be back. You'll be back. All Love right. you. We'll be All back. Right. <laughs> we have a hard out. We had a hard no, out. All I was, good. I, was all I was thinking you were going to rap in time, but then you kept going. I was, was then I, I, I got on the flow. Got, yeah, no, I saw you started, you got your, your, you got in your rap mode. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, shoot, we're going to get cut off. I see it. He got, he just took another <laughs> breath. All right. Give me listen. a beat. <laughs> yeah. Come back anytime, please. Um, okay. This has we'll been do. really helpful. And listen, uh, I want to get vaccinated, but I'm mm -hmm. so like, and I don't want to go to Newark. Do you, mm -hmm. do you know anyone at St. Barnabas in, in, in Livingston? <laughs> Cause that's where I want to go. Saint Barnabas are, are they vaccinated? No. Do you the hospital Saint Barnabas? Yeah, yeah. I said, are they doing vaccinations? Yeah, they the are. They are. Okay. Um, I don't personally, but um, but I'm happy to check. I'm happy to okay. see if I can find something for you. All right. You I should get. Sure. You should definitely get vaccinated. You you'd be an incredible spokesperson. I think sharing your story, uh, with it would be huge. You'll be good. You'll be fine. Smith is trying well, to get me vaccinated. I don't want. I don't know. I, I just got a uh, I just got today an email and I'm like there's no way in hell I'm going to Newark. You can forget about it. Listen, I'm not listen. going to Newark. When I tell you my mama got that vaccine, you gotta know I got a lot of faith in this. I feel good. Which feel one did your mother get? She got Moderna. She got that Moderna? My mother too. Mm -hmm. My mother got that yeah. Moderna as well. I love my mother too, but she's eighty. So I'm like, you know, well she's seventy, she'll be seventy seventy eight. Uh she's seventy eight. So yeah. But they're, you know, they're older and I, you know, and here's the other question. Last question. So, yeah. so I, I have uh, eczema 
And mm-hmm. I don't know, like when you have some pre-existing conditions, does that exacerbate, you know, the, yeah, like I don't want to really get right. it while my eczema is flaring. Yeah. The one thing I would say, it, it, that's not really going to impact. Um, it's not going to make your eczema worse and it's not going to make the vaccine work less. I think the thing to keep in mind is that um, eczema in particular tends to be connected with some other things. A lot of people with eczema also, well, I was gonna say a lot of people with eczema also have seasonal allergies and they also have asthma. It's, it's kind of it's autoimmune. It's yeah. one of the autoimmune dominoes, yeah. right? So yeah. if so, my body's already fighting something and then I get a vaccine that's creating a fighting, yeah. I, I don't want to take my... I'll, I'll tell you this. We got well over 150 million people who've had at least one shot of this vaccine in this country. We look at those trends every single day to see if there's anything in the micro data that tells us, hey, this population, watch out. Um, we haven't seen that shakeout. So we haven't seen people who are similarly situated to you are in a bad position because of it. And so we're, I mean, I, I always tell people, uh, a lot of folks with, with autoimmune conditions, I have family members with autoimmune conditions like lupus and you know, that in those instances, I say you're at greater risk because you take prednisone. You know, the fact that we made took this action and paused things, it should inspire some confidence in folks. I know I'm biased in saying that, but the fact that you've got less than one in a million chance of having, you know, this this outcome if this is caused by the by the vaccine, and yet we stopped the whole program to investigate, to check it out. That tells you how committed we are to keeping people safe, making sure we know what's what. And so I think that's one thing that we want people to really to really pay attention to. This is who we are as an administration. This transparency is important. And I asked you a question off mic about people with like autoimmune and pre-existing conditions. There's some some notions out there that you know several people have died and they feel like suspiciously it had to do with the vaccine because maybe they had some underlying conditions that you know if your body's already fighting something, now you introduce this thing that puts the spike protein in you know and, and creates this other warring faction in your body to fight this COVID-19 protein, can you fight on two fronts? And is that, does that make you more vulnerable uh, when you get vaccinated? Yeah, you know, and I think this is first a conversation that should always be had with your doctor really to dig in deeper about your specific circumstances. But that said, um, you know, we often do tell people if you're acutely ill, really sick, it's not a good time to get vaccinated because your body's busy trying to get well. But for most folks who just have a chronic medical condition that, that they're always fighting, uh, this is a different thing. It actually can be really protective for you having this vaccine because the the damage that COVID would do to you far outstrips, uh, you know, the damage that any vaccine would do. And so, you know, you really want to protect yourself more than anything. It's a really important thing. I keep reminding folks, you know, COVID causes a lot of damage, a lot of problems. You know, this vaccine, we, we have had over 150 million people vaccinated at this point, we've received at least one shot. We, we keep that microdata. We keep information about who is vaccinated and what kind of symptoms they have and what impact it has. And we track that really closely. And we're not seeing anything shake out that says, oh, folks who have this chronic medical condition or that. The one thing we say is if you've had severe allergic reactions in the past, you're somebody who should take some caution. For everybody else, uh, the risk benefit really falls on the side of, of being a real benefit to you. So, so talk to your doctor. But I think that for nearly everybody, it's going to be more benefit than harm. And while you wait to get vaccinated, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, because you don't want COVID. You don't want COVID. You don't want COVID. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.